So it was all because of my faith and my falling away in college, even despite the fact that I went to a Catholic college, um, that has driven me to this goal of, of founding a new Catholic college. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Welcome back. My son Christian has finished his second work term at the ministry and is now back to university full-time. I was happy that you could meet him in the podcast. University can be a place where a lifetime of faith comes under fire and sometimes disappears. That is a nightmare to parents and grandparents alike. Today's guest is answering the call to make a difference. Enjoy the conversation. Lift off and the clock has started. It's always a pleasure to meet a fellow committed Catholic who has an entrepreneurial spirit. Our guest today is none other than Dr. Jennifer Nolan. Dr. Jennifer Nolan has done some really fun things, not the least of which is currently co-founding a new Catholic university focused on STEM degrees called Catholic Polytechnic University. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jennifer. Thank you, Ron, for having me. It's such a pleasure. It's going to be a lot of fun to have this conversation. I love that right in your profile, you say very clearly that you're a committed, along with your husband and family, you're a committed lifelong Catholic and a member of a Catholic church in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. Clearly, your faith and participating in your faith is a strong part of your identity. How did you get to that place? Tell us that story. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Uh, I was a cradle Catholic. Um, just grew up loving my church, loving Christ, um, loving Christ's presence in the Eucharist and got involved in the youth group that really kind of grounded me as my own identity, not just my parents' identity. Mm. And then, um, I went to a Catholic college that, um, and kind of started struggling there. Then I went to graduate school at a UC and um, I really, I didn't lose my faith, but I kind of lost my, my desire for Catholicism in, in small ways. But after I got out of graduate school, I ended up in a position where I wasn't really happy. I wasn't really um, dating people that were in line with my faith. Some were even anti-religion. And it just came to the point where I thought, I'm denying my identity. I am a Catholic. I, that is the heart of who I am. And how can I, I, how can I deny the fact that this is part of who I am? So I really kind of came back to the church, reverted, embraced the faith, got really involved in the social life of the church, 
is so important for young adults, I think, um, to have those connections and to immerse yourself in the practice of the faith. And it was through that that I met my wonderful husband. And he also works in, in Catholicism, um, uh, so in the PR and marketing side. So the two of us together have just, um, once we got married, we really made it the focus of our lives, our married life. We had kids. Um, and our faith has really given us a wonderful community. My goodness, there's a huge hub of, of wonderful devout Catholics in Los Angeles. You never know that we're there. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, it, we love living the faith. We love living the faith with other families. We love raising our kids in the faith. Um, we love practicing it in the home. And as a result, our kids have grown up also embracing the faith and not just altar serving, but they're on fire. I mean, they'll debate people on social media um, with regard to Catholic apologetics. Um, our daughter wants to do Catholic marketing and pro-life marketing. Um, so it's, it's, faith in a tangible way it's like faith you can sink your teeth into and and then um, pass that down to the next generations but the next generations have to see the love and joy they it can't just be going to church every sunday because when i grew up you know my father was a cradle catholic my mother was a convert and we did they did their best to raise us in the faith but um uh all of us kind of strayed a bit and so how do we prevent that from happening? Well, part of it, I think, is through higher education. Um, and, and I have to admit that the, the college I went to was not very strong in its Catholic identity and still uh, alters from time to time. Um, and so I think that, that's where my desire to make a difference, that's where my desire to start a new Catholic university that is faithfully Catholic, that is tried and true Catholic. I want not just Catholic views with regard to STEM degrees and science and technology, but I want our students to see our professors in adoration. I want our students to see our professors in daily mass. I want our students to see just to see what it's like living the joy of Catholicism and how much fun that is. Oh my gosh, no one talks about the fun of Catholicism and, and the joy and the day-to-day -day living and, and the feast days and holy days and, and how sacred it is. Oh my gosh, when it's done well, you know, it is so sacred and it touches upon a nerve deep down in your soul and that nerve is crying out for God. And so you walk into a mass that is really devoutly done, and you say, oh, I'm touching Christ. Christ is touching that nerve deep down in my soul. And when we receive him in the Eucharist, that's the same thing. Um, it was all because of my faith and my falling away in college, even despite the fact that I went to a Catholic college, um, that has driven me to this goal of, of founding mm. a new Catholic college. I, you know, as you're talking, I, I hope people will 
rewind this a bit and listen to Jennifer talk about her vision. It was so fun. You were lit up like a Christmas tree with joy. (laughs) I could see your eyes seeing in advance already the very thing your heart longs for. And I constantly are trying to teach pastors and to, 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 to start from a place of vision. Mm-hmm. And what you just articulated was such a journey of going on your vision with you. It was tangible. I could touch it. Mm-hmm. And that is the essence of vision. Give yourself permission to dream. And what I love about what you said, and it's not uncommon for this to happen. And I would say the same has happened to me. Like you're being driven through, you know, kind of the, you lost your closeness with Jesus in the church for a season. You lost it during university, that time of your life. And that's what's that very thing, that very struggle is what God is blessing the world with because you're coming back with a solution, mm-hmm. a Christ-centered, passionate, Holy Spirit-driven solution. And the same is true for me with my work with leadership and priests. It was it was the lack of leadership that I experienced in the church that made me so sad as I watched loads and loads of people fall away from the faith and nobody seemed to care. Mm-hmm. And I just, it just that lack, that pain of losing such close friends and, and nobody going after them and, and no sense of urgency. That's, that's what's propelled me to do everything I do kind of like you that way. It's just so neat how God can use that difficult times or suffering and he can catalyze that for motivation for people. Mm-hmm. Well, what I think he did for you is he gave you his, Jesus's own vision, because imagine the sorrow and the sadness that he goes through when someone walks out of church for the last time and never returns. Oh my goodness. So he gave you that gift of looking and seeing that and wanting to do something about it here on earth. Um, It's so important for us to answer the call. What, because everyone's being called to something. You got to answer it. You got to say, yes, Lord, here I am, Lord. Um, pick me, you know, here's my, ra- my hand, raise in the air. Pick me, pick me. Um, it's, it's so important that if you do, you're living a life of fun and adventure. And it's like being on a ride at Disneyland where everything's black and you can't see what's ahead of you and all of a sudden there's a twist and a turn that you can't even anticipate that's living the life in the holy spirit and that's and that's stepping out and saying yes lord i'm going to do this for you because i know you're going to provide everything i need to succeed and i'll tell you that's what has happened so i i think i shared with you this before but i want to share with your your um listeners that i was driving to school one day to pick up my kids. And I was thinking, you know, I'm a neuropsychologist. I don't know anything about putting a business plan together. I've got to put a business plan together and I need help. And I got to campus and I was walking across campus and up walked this woman I had never met before. And she said, you're Jennifer, right? I said, yes. She said, I'm Christine. I'm going to help you put your business plan together. (laughs) And that's how it's been. It's been this amazing journey of Oh my gosh, I need this. Oh, there it is. Oh my gosh, I need that. Oh, there it is. It's it's like Mother Angelica ordering a satellite dish cash on delivery. It, it, it's like, well, I need a, a satellite dish, so I'm going to order this satellite dish and God's going to provide the money. And sure enough, the money showed up. Um, 
And Mother Teresa did that over and over and over again. And and all the saints did it. I mean, St. Clair did it. Did he, breaking apart her bread, giving the 50% to the, the brothers when she knew her, her nuns were hungry, knowing that the Lord would provide. And, and I think he calls us to that. He calls us to that on a daily basis. We have to say yes, and we have to say yes in faith, knowing that, of course, with discernment and with proper spiritual direction and with sacraments behind us, we have to know that he is going to guide us in whatever he's calling us to. Um, no, what you're talking about, and I think this is such, it, it's, I want to piece these things together for, you know, this crazy, exciting ride that living our faith, that walking in holy communion with God is so exciting. Mm-hmm. And it requires faith. And, you know, and faith is easy to have when you don't need it. But if you don't go anywhere and you don't do anything, you don't impact anybody, you don't get out of your comfort zone. Well, aren't you lovely living your faith? Well, (laughs) I guess like (laughs) you're practicing safe faith. Like faith isn't safe. Like it's propelling you to do something extraordinary because you are extraordinary. If you're, you're the temple of the Holy spirit dwells in each of us. That is, think about that. Don't play safe. Listen to that voice. And so anyway, you're just, you're just exciting me to no end at all. And, (laughs) And so, so talk to me a little bit about, so the desires coming out of this place of, of your lived experience, which is often how God works with mm-hmm. us. It's often where our call yeah. comes from. Right. And uh, although not always, sometimes he can call us something we've never, never crossed our mind before. But, mm-hmm. um, and so where did the, how did you decide that this was the call that God had in your life? And you started, Cause this is pretty cool. What you're doing is crazy cool. Like, it is Thank huge. You. Like, so I just Thank love it. Thank you. Well, um, so my husband and I would go walking at night and, and we still do and, and discuss, well, what are we going to do with our kids for college? Because, mm. and I'm sure so many of your listeners are in the same position. What do you do if you've got a kid who really wants science or technology as their career? You have two options. You can either, as it is now, you can either send them to a local secular school and pray and pray and pray that they don't lose their faith with one smooth talking atheistic professor, or you can send them to a Catholic college that's a liberal arts college that might have STEM degrees on the side, STEM meaning science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, But that's not really the focus. I mean, we Catholics have done liberal arts higher ed for generations i mean hundreds of years and we've done it spectacularly well but i think that given today's push towards science and technology this is what we need now we need and and this is what catholic polytechnic university is going to be it's going to be like catholic caltech or a catholic mit that's what we are building top-notch research top-notch teaching and teaching that is pro-life pro-religious freedom, pro-country. I have an amazing team of people. I I brag about them all the time because they're so wonderful and they're so much more accomplished than I, but uh, they are um, scientists and uh, computer scientists. They've taught at MIT, Stanford, um, USC, NASA. Uh, Yeah, we've got NASA engineers that are on our team. Um, We've got 
people who are in the military. We've got a brigadier general who's a wonderful priest who's on our board. We've got a, a PhD in neuroscience who's, um, who's a devout Catholic and a naval commander. We've got a, a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. I mean, it's just amazing. So we're going to be pro-country. We're going to be pro-life. We're going to do science and research and innovation and teaching all within the bounds of our Catholic faith. So parents need to be able to trust us with their children. They need to be able to know that we are going to not just teach them Catholic apologetics, but that we are not going to cancel our professors because of um, yes. their desire to have academic freedom. And we're not going to teach them um, ideas that are contrary to our Catholic faith and to mm. contrary to our religious freedom and contrary to the pro-life views. So um, I think that that is very important for people to know. I think it's also important for people to know that I homeschooled my kids for 10 years. And uh, so I'm very homeschool friendly. Yes. Love, love the homeschool community. Yes. Um, and, and so we, we want to build something that is stellar in God's eyes, that's going to build the Catholic Church, because as much as theology degrees are wonderful, I think that people can't support big families on theology degrees. And I think they need to be able to earn a good living at a high demand job. They need to, our students need to be able to um, do research and and possibly even go out into other universities and to teach as professors and to do it within the bounds of our faith mm -hmm. um, that we need to be able to rebuild our church by having people see where science and technology and faith actually commingle and they build each other up so science and faith are not contrary to each other so we need to overtly rejoin science and faith in people's eyes because that's the number one reason that people are giving according to Pew Research Center that people are leaving the faith because they see a disconnect between science and faith. Isn't that awesome? What a beautiful, beautiful vision. You know, one of the things I just want to double back on, you mentioned earlier that, you know, when you are going through a season and you're, you know, you're in doing your post-secondary education at that point in time. So you're obviously successful academically and everything else. And yet this detachment from church and then the dating scene, which is such a part of university, young adults lives. It's very exciting, very fun, confusing. And, and, and at one point, what I heard you say is like, you're what you're, you're, you're the core of your identity wasn't being expressed and lived out. You're fidelity to your who you are was mm -hmm. was being compromised and at one point it's like i don't want to do that anymore and when your identity aligned with with all the other pieces joy fun fruitfulness all these other parts started to come into into line i just think i think that's so cool and, and again my own experience of trying to fit in doing things that i knew were wrong but figured that's okay i go to church on sunday anyway there's there was a duality in my life. And it, it took a while before I had the courage to, to let go of the stuff that I knew was not helpful and step into mm -hmm. my Catholic identity and just begin to 
to lean into it. And the more I did, that's where joy was found. That's where purpose was found. It just glorious. And yet that's not an uncommon time in people's lives where decisions are really key and they're important. Yeah. And that's, uh, and statistically, that's also a time in their lives when they really look to their peers for guidance. So if we immerse them in the joy of the Catholic faith from the professor's point of view and the student's point of view, and we have extracurriculars that, that really show them the joy of the faith, I think that we're only going to build them up in their faith. We're not just yeah. going to maintain them or let it die. We're going to build them up. So they're going to see the joy of celebrating the feast days and celebrating mm. mass and celebrating yeah. you know, adoration. And it just, we have yeah. the opportunity. We have a unique opportunity at that stage of life from 18 to 22 for most college students mm. to really build them up in their faith and make it the foundation upon which they base their career, they base their marriage, they base their family life, they base their vocation, they base everything off of this one foundation. So yes. it's, um, it's time for us as Catholics to step up and address that period of life that is yeah. so formative, and yet it's so full of risk um, yeah. in, in so many ways. Um, yeah, and faith is so much under attack in that in the university level globally. Mm-hmm. Like it's it re- it's all, it's really attacked, and 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 so I just applaud uh, your yes to the vision that God's placed on your heart because this this is this is a God sized vision that He's given you. There's it is. no doubt about it. And actually, it's bigger. Um, so we're developing Catholic Polytechnic University to provide STEM degrees to our Catholic students and to others too. We hope to evangelize others through it. Yes. Um, But so we just submitted our application for licensing in the state of California, and it's going to be a a long process, several months to to get that approved. But we're hoping to either start in fall of 2022 with a bachelor's and a master's in computer science that would be the best case scenario. Worst case scenario, it would have to wait one more year to fall of 2023. But in the meantime, what we're also doing is we also want to end reliance, university reliance on philanthropy and student tuition. And so here's the plan. We're actually creating Catholic Polytechnic Institute. And Catholic Polytechnic Institute is the research and innovation division of Catholic Polytechnic University. And through this institute, we want to hire the top, the top researchers and innovators in science and technology and engineering to do their innovation and to do their research and to bring in money through that innovation and research so that a portion of those proceeds go get funneled into Catholic Polytechnic University. And we hope that this is going to be the income generator that will keep us sustainable in the long run. And I think that that's really a model that other universities need to look at. And obviously, it's a good thing to have philanthropy when available, but I just don't want to be reliant on it. And I also don't want to take government dollars for tuition, like Christendom doesn't take government dollars for tuition. And as a result, they're fully independent. They, they're not 
told that they've got to do things that are contrary to their faith, which is something I'm concerned about, especially in California. So um, we really want to be able to go ahead and support the university in the long run, but also keep tuition low. That's the other thing. I don't want a university where people are going to have to pay $60,000 a year to send or whatever amount mm. to send their kid, their one kid to that university and have to choose between educating which kid because they can't afford it all. I really want that tuition point low so that we don't need to look at family income. We can have many applicants and then pick the best applicants based on their ability, not on family income. Um, so that's all part of the vision of the university. And one thing we're trying to do right now is to gather people who are in science and technology to come start the, this research arm so that, um, that we can be building it before the teaching starts. Mm -hmm. So um, I call people if they're in science and tech and want to move to Los Angeles um, to, to come be a part of this vision. It's, it's a big vision, but it's really gathered a lot of steam and a lot of attention. I want to remind all of our Canadian audience that uh, Los Angeles is a lot warmer than Canada. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so, how would they contact you to begin a conversation if, if, if there are some people that are scientists or engineers that have that teaching capacity and have that passion in their Catholic faith, how would they reach out to you? Well, they don't even need the teaching capacity at that at this point in order to start the, right, um, doing the research, the research yeah, and innovation end. So um, obviously, we would pick the best of those yes. those people as as far as teachers, like their, yes. their teaching abilities. We would pick those people to also teach at the university, but yep. teaching is not necessarily required at this point. Gotcha. Um, the best way to um, contact us would be through the website. It's mm -hmm. www.catholicpolytechnic.org. We have a button on there that says um, fill out our survey. They can fill out the survey and get on our mailing list. And I don't send many emails out, so it's not like you're going to get daily spam from me. Yeah, uh, right. But it's, um, that would be the way that, that they could best contact us is is just through that or there's also a button there that says apply and they can go ahead and press that and then it will come to me directly i can imagine all of the you know parents just going oh that would be amazing like i can i can i can anticipate their enthusiasm their anticipation to be able to send their children who are oriented in these areas in your direction like that is just an amazing and so absolutely press that button get on our mailing list because uh, you know as you begin to or as you continue to to move forward with this in bits and pieces uh, you know people are going to want to be in, in tune with with what's happening here i just i just find it so amazing you know there's so many amazing people in every single local parish and i i wonder sometimes like, do we know one another story? Like when we can get to know each other, like I, for some funny reason, I don't know why I am in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. And 
one of the highest listener bases I have for the podcast is actually California. And I don't know why. Like, I think it's calling me, particularly in the winter, to come visit my friends in California. But um, I, I just think it's amazing when we get to take the time to hear one another's story and how God is working in our lives mm-hmm. and to journey with people while, while things begin to be revealed. It must be so fun on your walks. I'd love to be a, a fly on your shoulder, listening to your conversations as this was budding. It's so amazing that you could share this with your husband because not, not all couples are equally yoked in their faith. And that's okay. Uh, I know that can be a heavy burden when somebody's away from the faith or doesn't practice faith. But I always pray for those friends of mine that are in those situations. But what a joy it is to have to share that faith with your husband and your kids so that you can take this journey together because you're all on this journey, aren't you? Right, right, exactly. And the hope is that you're going to instill that faith in generations, not just myself, not just our kids but generations down. Um, But I have to, I want to backtrack on one thing that you said, which was um, amazing people in the parish. I think that there are so many amazing people, but I think that the the inclination of people is to say, well, I'm not amazing. You know, I'm just, I'm just a housewife. I'm just a worker. I'm just a fill in the blank. Yeah. And that's, the devil talking that's not of christ because what in my experience if you well just studying the saints, we we say well they were amazing but they didn't start off amazing <laughs> they, you know they started off as joe schmo you know normal everyday guy and at best because some of them even worse than that right <laughs> right exactly exactly I think somebody said, you know, the saints didn't always start off well, but they always ended well. And, but I think that the Lord calls each of us uh, to an amazing journey of faith. And it's, it's that journey of faith that makes people amazing. Yes. Because it, like, I look at myself and I think, well, I'm just a homeschooled mom. And I'm just, I mean, yes, I've taught it three different universities and so i have the academic experience yes i have a phd okay but but to start a university i'm just the person who said yes that's and yes to our lord and yes to to his calling me and i think that that is really what we have to look at there's there's this um lesser known virtue called magnanimity and it is doing greatness for christ doing greatness for God. And so what is your magnanimity? What, what are you choosing to do great for God? And maybe it's to raise some incredible people. It, maybe, maybe that's what you're being called to do is to, to raise and support these incredible children of yours. Or maybe it's to go out and have a vocation or who knows what the Lord is saying. But don't let the devil tell you that you're just a normal everyday schmo. You, yes. You're you're an amazing person if you choose to step out in faith and do what the Lord calls you to do. And and here I even I look at I have crippled hands because of an autoimmune arthritis. Yes. And I think the Lord took these crippled hands and he said you're going to build a university with these crippled hands and I can 
it, but it's neat because I can only point to Christ with my one finger that doesn't bend. You can only point to Christ with that finger. And, and that's what he says. That's what the Lord loves to do is to pick people who can only yeah. point to him because of you know, their brokenness or their humility or, or their normalness or their averageness. And then you can leap out of that average life and do something great for Christ. And that's, that's what I think he's calling all of us to do. Amen, Jennifer. Amen. And I think, you know, what you've just described, what you've just shared, I pray that that would be the vision for every local parish. Like parishes Mm. exist to unleash that in people, to bring people to that place. Like that's the essence and the power and the beauty of a church done well. Yeah. Right. Is like a leadership done well is unleashing people. Mm-hmm. in their identity. <laughs> Grace builds on nature. So you're, you're naturally good academically. Well, that's been infused with God's grace to do something that doesn't make sense. Well, maybe you're good at cooking and that's your, that's your, you know, that's the thing that you do well, uh, or that's the nature piece. And grace is going to infuse in your cooking and you're probably going to be able to bless a bunch of people with your cooking. And, and so, you know, whatever that nature piece is that God's gifted you with, he wants to infuse it with his grace. And as, as parishes, my gosh, if, if we're not unleashing people in that, we could probably do better. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's, I hope people are encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by you, Jennifer, as you share your faith and your passion and your vision and your mm-hmm. entrepreneurial zeal, your spiritual <laughs> entrepreneurialism and the faith of your family, okay. your honesty with your sharing of how you fell away for a while or just drifted a bit and came back. It's just, it's laden with, um, very relatable things that I think a lot of our listeners go, oh my gosh, that's my story or part of it. And and I just, it's just been a treat to, to record this podcast with you today. Thank you, Ron. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> How can we pray for you? How can the listeners pray for your initiative? Because I, well, I think we need to get behind Jennifer prayerfully. And so how could we do that? Oh gosh. Yes. Please pray for us. I mean, anytime you doing something for Christ on a big scale, board, you get slammed by, by a variety of different difficulties and problems mm-hmm. that, the, that um, the devil wants to throw at you. So, um, yes, prayers, especially in daily rosaries, just mm-hmm. I need that, that prayer force behind our team mm-hmm. so that we can really focus and maintain that focus and, and persevere. I mean, as it is, we've been do- working toward this since 2016. That was the earliest start of it. Um, that was the conception. That was the earliest paperwork as a 501c3. Um, that was just, that was the beginnings. But over time, it's podcasts like this that brought me this wonderful team and uh, people stepping forward and saying, wait, I want to help. This is, this is awesome. Let's, let's do this together. That's great. Yeah. So I've got 25 people across the nation who are helping out. Um, and, uh, and I really do anticipate that it's, it's going to do a lot of good in the world. So yes, please mm. pray, pray in every way that you can for, for the mission. That. Could those, if people wanted to, to take this, take your initiative, take you, take your team on in their intercessory prayer, 
should they uh, sign up for your letter too? And, and then just let you know that they're praying for you. That yes, be, that would be great. Wouldn't that, that would be, be fun? Wonderful. Like, yeah. so that it's not anonymous that, 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 that people, that Jennifer knows that we're praying for her. And so yeah. that's, you know, please do that. Yeah. Just click the other button on that survey and say, yeah. I'm just praying for you. <laughs> I just want to get behind this. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. God bless you, Jennifer. Thank you for everything you're doing. I'm going to be one of your intercessors cheering you on and, and so thank you for everything you're doing. God bless you too, Ron. Thank you for all you do. I never grow tired of learning where someone's yes to Jesus takes them. Head over to ronhuntley.com and subscribe. We're going to have some exciting initiatives this year to mobilize leaders just like you to be a part of transforming your parish. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to pray for Dr. Jennifer Nolan. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powerful.